I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's great to have a dishwasher, but sometimes you just want to put on rubber gloves and stick your hands and, and then notice that there's corn in the sink that you want to wash down the drain. And no matter how much water you pour in the different places to try and get the stream to move the corn into the hole, it just will not go no matter what. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hello. Do I sound deep and... Husky and... Husky. You want me to say sexy, don't you? I don't, no, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Because, you know, otherwise... I don't want to find myself um, on the receiving end of a hashtag me too. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not very well. Yes, I know you've got a bit of a mild cold, didn't oh, you? Oh, I've got a mild cold. Oh. It's the worst. The, the mild cold. Is there worse. anything worse oh. than a mild cold? Oh, not, nothing. When we were doing the radio show, this is the sort of thing that would have had me. Had me off work for days. Days. <laughs> yeah, but when we used to get paid for sick days. Oh yeah, then when yeah. they changed the system and we yeah. didn't get paid for sick days yeah. anymore. Amazing uh, what I would be able to drag myself into work in the throes of. You become a real soldier, didn't you? I really yeah. did. But yeah, you know, when we did get sick pay, this would I would be laid low for days. <laughs> um, but the trouble is, when we're doing this podcast in my loft, ah uh, yeah, it's it's quite difficult. Mm. to say, oh, I don't feel up to it. No, I mean, you, we could drag a bed over to the microphone and you could actually do it from bed. I would love that. Yeah, I know you I would. I would really love <laughs> no. that to be like um, the uh, the granddad in Charlie and the Chocolate yes, Factory. Yes, yes. Oh. So um, I, went to, um, I went to the chemist to buy some... Yeah, you know, medication. Mm. I got myself some ibuprofen and codeine. Oh, hard stuff. Oh, always. I mean, why, if if you can get it over the counter, okay. why wouldn't you get it over the counter? Okay, okay. Is is my um, philosophy on this? Um, but they do do this thing where they say, and just just to um, make you aware, um, codeine can cause addiction, so you can't take it for more than three days. Mm. And I feel that over the years, I have really perfected the face. <laughs> It's like nodding. Oh, oh, really? Well, I've never really taken it before, but that's uh, that's that's good to know. Thank you. I, I do a really good job of. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm a sensible guy, and mm. I'm going to take that on board. The kind of face that wouldn't dream of like not doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's one of my great skills 
in life that I've developed. The other thing that's happened to me in recent days is I had my phone stolen. I know you did, yeah. I don't know if I can call it a mugging. At what point does something become a mugging? When something's stolen for you in the street, it's a mugging. Unless it's a pickpocketing. Yeah, so, okay, so, okay. But, so it wasn't a pickpocketing because mm. it wasn't a by stealth. Yeah. Um, but I think for it to really be a mugging, there needs to be some kind of threat. And was there, was there no threat then? Well, no, they just was, said, would you mind if I take that from you? No, it was, well, it was, I was walking along the street. I was reading an article on my phone, which I, I can't say what it is because people will tweet the person involved, but it was the biggest load of self-regarding nonsense. Oh, I'm dying to know what that is. I wonder if I could have got a pencil so I can write down the name of the person. There's a pen. Where? Here, in my hand. Oh, great. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's it's okay. it's amazing, and, right. I, and I was I was thinking about all the people that I wanted to forward this article to because it was so ridiculous. Oh. And then all of a sudden, I feel my phone being grabbed at. Oh no! And I start yelling obscenities. Ooh, um, brave. And th- and then it's it's gone out of my hand. This was quarter past eleven in the morning. Yeah. It was in central London. It mm. was outside the BBC broadcasting house, right in the middle of things. And a guy on a moped had come up onto the pavement, oh, moped, yeah, and then just snatched it out of my hand and mm. and um, drove off. Mopeds. Th- this has become. I mean, this has become a big thing. I know many people who this has happened to. Um, my friend Emma, who works on the other podcast, said that in that week she'd seen four people. That's a lot. Have this happened to them? So it is an epidemic. I know it's terrible. It's a terrible thing to do, but I can't help feeling slightly impressed because even when I'm on a bicycle, I can't lift one <laughs> hand off the handlebars to indicate left or right. And they had to go one-handed on a moped, which yeah. is much faster. Yeah, because sometimes there's two of them. Like, well, there's one having a little cuddle on the back. Oh, is there? Yeah, that, that's, oh, when they got Sarah's phone, okay. that's how they did it. Okay, but that's this, less skilled. But this was just yeah. one guy. So he got up on yeah. the, you know, he'd spotted the phone. He mm. got up on the pavement. He'd grabbed at it and, and off he went. It's weird that a moped has become a threatening vehicle, though. <laughs> yeah, that as well, yeah. Like, so they only reach 30 miles an hour, can't they? <laughs> a moped of terror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the worst thing about it, so I had to report it to the police to get a, a crime incident number and so, mm-hmm. and so on, and they asked me if I needed a, a counsellor. Did they? That's nice. Yeah, they do. They do that as a matter of course. Oh. And, you know, I know having something snatched out of your hand can be traumatic, but I didn't find that traumatic. But what mm-hmm. I am finding quite harrowing yeah. is not just being able to look at a phone every five seconds. I can't even begin to imagine for you how that must be. Like, yeah. the, the, there could be big half-hour stretches where I don't know what's happening on Twitter. <laughs> oh, my God, it's, half an it's hour. truly horrendous. Mm. Uh, so that's my last few days. How, how have yours been? Well, I went away for the weekend. I, I was socialised, I think, for the first time in what feels like many months. Uh-huh. Yeah, I went to go and stay with some of Tom's friends in Loughborough, so outside of London. Let me tell you what living outside London buys you. An island in the kitchen, a separate shower and bath in the bathroom, and on the guest bed... Out of the four pillows, they were all of equal quality, high quality. It wasn't like the two underneath <laughs> ones were stained and lumpy. Like even in my own bed, the two underneath ones are the stained, lumpy ones, which I always feel a bit sorry for because they would have started off on the top. Yeah. They would have been the new guys. And, and there, would have, there would have come a day when it was like, okay, we've been demoted to the bottom. <laughs> So that's well, what... so. Were you doing the the thing where you work out what your flat is worth and then work out what you could have got <laughs> in love for it? No, I will be doing that thing. Yeah. yeah. So because yeah, the thing nice. is, like, I, I will sometimes do that, but then I'll think, but there's like a really great hipster coffee shop across the road from me, and I wouldn't get that in the countryside. But where you live in London, you don't really have that problem, no. do you? <laughs> yeah, no, we don't. We don't have any... there. No, no. So I might as well just leave really and get to have an island in my kitchen. Mm. Also, on Friday night when we arrived, we were going to get a takeaway, um, and it was the. The options were fish and chips or pizza 
Uh, and Tom said, why don't we get both? So he got, got fish and chips and an hour later a pizza arrived. We had two dinners. It's the most extravagant thing I've ever done. That's called a bang bang. It's, there's a thing. It's a name. Yeah, have you ever watched the sitcom Louie with disgraced no, comedian Louis C.K.? No. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, well, then I had a bang bang on Friday bang night. Bang. Congratulations. Well, yeah, thank you. Sometimes when you're not paying attention, you didn't even realise you were in a sewer. This is not that case. Right now you're on a lake and it's nice. Jeff Floyd and Annabelle Port adrift. Please share your story with us and your fellow drifters. You can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. This is from Vince in Chertsey. Years ago, when my son was a bit younger, the two of us used to go to Germany during February half term to see my brother and his family. At the end of one such visit, when my son was eight years old, we reached border control at Heathrow, Heathrow, where the officer questioned my son to confirm who I was. My son was confused and alarmed by this and stumbled over his answers, which added to the tension. Anyway, after a short while, we were on our way to baggage reclaim. My son asked what had just happened, and I explained that as I was a man travelling with a child, I attracted more attention and that they were just trying to make sure that I was his father and that he was safe. He seemed content with the explanation. Wind the clock forward one year and we had just got off the plane and were approaching border control again. I needed a toilet break so we nipped into the nearest facility. My son didn't need to go so he stood next to the sinks while I was at the urinal. While I was in mid-flow, a voice piped up from behind. So, if the man at security asks me who you are, I have to tell them that you're my father. <laughs> at that point, there must have been around a dozen other men in the toilet, all of whom turned and looked towards me, obviously under the impression I was some kind of child trafficker. As the earth hadn't conveniently swallowed me up at that point, I had to turn round and face the crowd. Of course you do, I mumbled as I washed and dried my hands in record time and got the hell out of there. Thankfully, I didn't end up get car- getting carted off to some interrogation room and got away from the airport intact. Oh, that's good. I still shudder at the memory. <laughs> <laughs> and this is from Jonathan, the Sultan of the Netherlands. At random points in my life, this story pops into my head and I cringe. I mean, physically cringe, which does get me some strange looks when I suddenly screw up my face in disappointment and sometimes mutter out loud, oh no, why? (laughs) I grew up in Scotland in a small cul-de-sac and the neighbours that lived around my mum and dad's house were much older. As the only young family in the area and as an adventurous kid, I'd visit neighbours' houses and they'd welcome me and give me juice and biscuits, sometimes play football in the back garden, you know, stuff like that. As I grew older, the visits were less frequent, as it gets awkward if you pop over as a teen. And anyway, I better stuff to do than hang around with old people. And as time marches on, the older the neighbours got, until one day, one of the neighbours died. Mr Smith was a lovely man. I remembered him as someone that was wise, witty and just really nice. So I went to his funeral. I sat in the crematorium, surrounded by Mr Smith's relatives and friends. Everyone was obviously sad and distraught. I was reminiscing on the stories and memories of visiting when I was younger. I remember glancing at Mrs Smith and wondering what she must be thinking. How do you cope with losing someone that you'd married and lived with for decades? These were the generations that really stuck together. This must be absolutely devastating. The world you know, knew, changing permanently forever. Anyway, the service was very good. Is that right? Feels odd to say funeral service was good. And Mrs Smith waited by the door and everyone queued up to offer sympathy. I thought it was only right to also say something too, so I queued up. I watched the people in front say something in subdued tones, then give her a hug. That's when it suddenly struck me. 
What could I say that would encapsulate the whole enormity of her husband passing? <laughs> How could anything my brain create offer any condolence to this painfully new widow that looks so fragile and helpless when she was usually so full of energy and positivity? I did the only thing that I could do and panicked. The, grew, the queue grew shorter. Only five people left and then it was my turn. My mind worked out a solution. Let's get a phrase now. Let's get a phrase and practice it internally. And then when you get there, don't do anything stupid. Repeat the phrase, hug, move on. That's the plan. That's a good plan. Four people ahead. Okay, things to say. My thoughts are with you. Too short. My thoughts are with you in this time of grief. Good, but sounds like something that would come out of a card. It needs to be more personal. Think of something personal. Thanks for all the juice. Too personal. She'd never remember that she handed out juice. Anyway, it says nothing about her loss. I snapped out of my panic. The queue was getting shorter and with every person, poor Mrs Smith was looking more and more distressed. I regretted getting into the queue. I could just leave the queue, but now I'm third and I can't just wait all this time and then walk away as if I'm suddenly not interested or I'm late for a bus. I've got to get my phrase and then just deliver it and get out of this horrible situation. I'm so sorry for your loss. That's better. It's personal. It's short, not too long. Perfect. I started to relax. I'm so sorry for your loss. Hug, release, walk away. I kept repeating it and my lips moved as I practised. Second in the queue. And the worst thing possible happened. As if the person in front of me had picked up on my repeated whispering, they approached the distressed Mrs Smith and said, I'm so sorry for your loss. Oh, no. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I can't say that now. That looks like I've just not thought about it at all. That the best I could do while waiting in line, while sitting in the service, was to blindly repeat the phrase used by the person in front of me. I started sweating. My eyes saw the person in front hug the frail Mrs Smith and walk away. The small, vulnerable eyes of Mrs Smith met mine. I had nothing to say. Uh. I walked forward and went to hug her. She responded with the most frail and heartbreaking hug I have ever had. Mm. My brain was a mess with panic. I didn't know what I should say. Uh. And as I hugged her, I whispered in her ear the first thing that came into my head. Uh. Unlucky. Mortification hit immediately. <laughs> I couldn't look at her. I just started walking very quickly away and never turned around. Why did I come out with that? What was I thinking? It wasn't even on the short list. So even to this day, and as I write this, I can replay the lead up and the moment in my head. Each time I cringe as fresh as when it happened. I hope that in any way, sharing this might make my memory of the situation better. <laughs> oh my goodness that is ex that's extreme yeah that was so great and so wonderfully told yes please if you have a story um of your own failed human interactions please share it with us we would love to hear from you as i said last week even if it's a bit half-baked um trying and failing to say the right thing mm -hmm. i mean we can throw that out there straight away <laughs> yeah, yeah um i also thought about asking you for is there somebody you see in your day-to-day -day life who you think considers you as an enemy? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Annabelle and I both talked before about when we worked at the radio station, when we were doing like different shifts, late shifts and early shifts, they'd send um, taxi companies to pick us up. And there were drivers who, both, both you and I, uh, got it in our head that they considered us their nemesis mm -hmm. nemeses yeah there was one guy and I just got it in my head that he really disliked me. Every time I get in the car, he would turn up like sort of 
like Rammstein, like sort of hard German music, very loud, and he would drive quite dangerously. And I think he was prepared to endanger his own life just <laughs> just to scare me. Yeah, yeah. And you, you had one. Who... Oh, he! I'm sure he hated me because he used to wait for me about I don't know fifty yards, fifty meters or so down the street, even though there was plenty of places to park outside the where I was living, and he knew where I lived, so he would do that on purpose to make me walk in the cold and the rain down to meet him. And then when I get in the car, he would sort of open the windows randomly when it was cold, and then when it was hot, he would close them, and he would go around corners like so <laughs> astonishingly. Like I mean, even if can you even drive at one mile an hour? If you can, he did. He would, and then he would do weird things like stop at green lights and go at red. Like he hated me. He tortured me every time. Oh, so if you if if you were convinced that somebody in your everyday life thinks of you as an enemy for no good reason, we'd love to to hear about that. As well as all the usual bits and pieces like shyness is nice, uh, pretending to know what you're doing when you don't in fact know what you're doing, blurting things out, things. Um, and I guess the uh, who, who's the Sultan of the Netherlands? His first name again, Jonathan. Jonathan. I guess this taps into this as well. Things which many years later still give you re- regular pangs of anxiety, where you just be going about your day and then you think, "Oh no, did I really say?" That? <laughs> um, so please share your story with us and your fellow drifters. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. This is warm and friendly, and you like it, and that's why you're here. You were the one that pressed play, after all, with your thumb. Adrift. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. You have a lovely thumb. Hamble. Yes. So you have prepared a story. I have, yes. Uh, what's what's the subject this week? It's about pets. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes, because there's a weird thing about my child in that he totally blanks my dog. It's like he doesn't exist. Like Rusty the dog, he's obsessed by sniffing the baby. He would probably sniff mm. the baby 24 hours a day if he could. I don't let him. But <laughs> Just 18. <laughs> yeah. If a, if a dog twice the size of me that looks a bit like a giant teddy bear was in my face, I'd at least acknowledge its existence. <laughs> Not my boy. Very aloof. Very aloof with him. Do you think he's treating him mean to keep him keen? Oh, maybe. But I also think really what it is, he's only interested in his own hands. Right. <laughs> Nothing is interesting in his own hands at the moment. Also, maybe it's because he's three months old. I don't know. I haven't bothered to look it up. But the kids, like, maybe as they get older, kids usually love animals, don't they? Yeah. And when I was a kid, I desperately wanted a pet. But my parents hate animals so much that when I told them I was getting a dog two years ago, my dad physically turned round as he was so disgusted and he couldn't even look at me. <laughs> and my mum said, oh God, you're not going to keep him in the house, are you? You wouldn't keep a goat in the house, so please not a dog. Just out of interest, would you keep a goat in the house? I, to be fair, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> they appear to like Rusty now, though, although when my mum came to stay recently, every time that Rusty came in from the garden, which, bear in mind, was you know four to five times a day, she would wipe each paw with an antibacterial wipe. And it hadn't even been raining. There was no mud in the garden. I strongly suspect that she'd like to wear a hazmat suit when she comes around to mine, but she doesn't like to offend me. So they hate animals, but when me and my sister were little, we were allowed to bring home the goldfish we'd won at the fair different Mm. times. Now, my sister called hers Finny. I called mine Fanny, which in my defence wasn't an uncommon name in the books I was reading at the time, by which I mean in Iblyton. I was also a pervert, but... (laughs) (laughs) Just for any American listeners, uh, Fanny over here is is a a vagina. It is, yes, Mm. that's right. I know over there it's a bottom. Ah, of course, yeah, Mm. yeah. So the most significant thing about Fanny, though, was that she once attempted suicide. What? Um, yeah, I know. So my granny put a dead fly in her fishbowl. I'm assuming it was a her. I don't know. <laughs> 
And she jumped out of the fishbowl onto the floor, which actually is quite impressive, like to build up that kind of momentum from a bowl. <laughs> Thankfully, I happened to be in the room very soon after the attempted suicide and was able to put her back in the bowl. But I've often wondered two things. One, what was it about the fly that made Fanny want to kill herself in such a dramatic way? Like, was she a passionate vegetarian, the Morrissey of the goldfish world? And was outraged at the fact that basically a dead carcass had been thrown in her home. <laughs> Granny's like the mafia. <laughs> yes. But the other thing I wondered is why was Granny throwing dead flies in a goldfish bowl? Like, what? Has she seen fish food before? Like, it's, just, it's not, not really that big. So this was when I was about six. And the goldfish, they didn't last much longer than that. I mean, I'd assumed they'd both died of old age, but maybe Fanny held her breath like, <laughs> to kill herself. She had post-traumatic stress disorder. I don't know. But I then didn't have any pets until I was about 14 or 15, when in the school holidays, me and my friend Kirsten, we went to our local train station. And then we picked another station at random and went there. And it turned out to be Stanfordly Hope, which is home to both Joseph Conrad and Scroobius Pip. Mm-hmm. And as it turned out, my two hamsters, William vagina and I'm joking <laughs> my two hamsters Bernard and Rosie which I impulse bought at the only place we visited in Stanfordly Hope a pet shop and I brought them home my dad went mad okay there was lots of swearing within a week he was heard at their cage going oh Bernard Rosie hello Bernard hello Rosie <laughs> so soft. I know and they were very clever Rosie used to climb upside down on the ceiling of her cage which I took to be some kind of fun times Lionel Richie dancing on the ceiling type thing but in reality she's probably making a depressing attempt to escape <laughs> and Bernard used to help me clean out the cage now I was a teenager so I wasn't that great at doing the weekly full clean of the cage so what I do I do what I'd call a circle surface clean and I'd get a teaspoon and I'd scoop out the individual poos I mean it's quite similar to my approach to cleaning now really (laughs) but the amazing thing was that Bernard would help by scampering around the cage picking up the poos with his mouth and then dropping them on my teaspoon I'm worried now as I'm saying this it was some kind of desperate attempt for cleanliness (laughs) that it was some kind of hamster Kim or Aggie but anyway I feel that he was very clever so I don't know why my dad took to walking around the house booming Bernie is a moron like it was it was his thing (laughs) But what I do know is that our next door neighbour was also called Bernie and oblivious to his hamster namesake. So we'll probably wonder what he'd done to deserve this taunting from my dad. They both died, though, sadly. Uh, Rosie from Wet Bottom, which is an actual hamster disease Mm -hmm. name. Bit lazy, isn't it? Sort of looking at it and just calling it that. And I never got another pet again until Rusty. But I do have very fond memories of Finny and Fanny and Bernard and Rosie, although not all animals have been so kind to me. In fact, two animals have committed a crime against me, and that is next week's story. You're adrift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Everything that you always wanted... And a friend that was with you all the time who is also watching you closely, judging. If you enjoy the podcast regularly, then why not support us on Patreon? Patreon.com stroke adrift from as little as one American dollar a month. You can get, uh, get rewards. Yep. Those rewards get more impressive the more that you pledge. I mean, it's uh, it's all relative. The most impressive one isn't really that impressive. I mm. think it's $30 a month and you get life coaching session with me and Annabelle. But, uh, you know, there are any number of things in between. So please, um, if you listen to us every week, you can just spare a little bit of money every month 
You can uh, pledge to support us on Patreon, patreon.com stroke adrift. Last week, we floated the idea of crowdfunding a coach trip to Annabelle's hometown of oh, South End. I've forgotten about that, yes. Well, I have had like a, a little bit of positive response on okay. social media. Okay. So we should start thinking about okay, that. Okay, great. So who is who is the local coach firm in South End? Oh, there is one. I don't know their name, but there is one. It might be called Crowns or something, but yeah, there definitely is one, yeah. When I was growing up, the local coach firm was Bostock's. Okay. Like so, and the, the the reason I know that's a weird thing to have stuck in my head. Yeah. But um, my my grandma would always go on these um mystery tours. A mystery tour. Yeah, where you'd you know pay you four pounds or whatever oh. to go on the coach, and you wouldn't know where it was going. Oh, that's really fun. And it was like nearly always going to Chester or Buxton or somewhere Not like so that. Fun. But somehow she would find out in advance where the mystery tour was going to. <laughs> So she'd go, I'm going on a mystery tour to Buxton this weekend. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and then the, the other thing is, like, th- that would be the coach whenever there was a school trip, we'd go on a Bostock's bus. And the, this chant must have been passed down the generations. Like, everyone would sing, you'll never get to have another Bostock's bus. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so you think Crowns is the South End? I, I, I have to check, yeah. Equivalent. Yeah, yeah. And, and where would we go? I mean, what would the sites... Well, I mean, I've already floated the idea that we might go and visit the scene of where I got cautioned for busking yes, when I yep, was yep. 11 or 12. Um, I mean, we could, I suppose we could go to the pier where I once snogged Mark Wiles. Is that of any interest? Well, it would be if we could get Mark Wiles along and reenact it. <laughs> yeah, not sure he'd be that keen. Uh, <laughs> would you? <laughs> we could go and look at my old schools. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I need to think this through, obviously. And could we stop for chips? Uh, of course, yeah. And and how do you feel your parents feel about us um, popping in solo? Oh, um, I think one of them would be more into it than the other. I yeah, I think so. And I think my mum would. If you mean going in their flat, I mean, I think she would spend from now until then cleaning, <laughs> and then she would buy the entire cake department of Marks and Spencers. So if that's of any appeal. <laughs> well, they used to have um, your parents used to have a, a party every year for the South End Air Show. Yeah, yeah. How many people would go to that party? I don't know, maybe thirty. Right. So, so they, <laughs> so they can do it. They've yeah. done it before, <laughs> and they don't have the air show anymore. So I could sell it as you know the replacement air show party, exactly. but not annual. No. <laughs> well, you never know. No, we, it went yeah, well. Maybe. maybe. Uh, all right. Well, we we will continue to look into that for we think it's sort of late summer, maybe. Okay. You don't have illuminations in South End, do you? Is that just a Blackpool thing? Yeah, of course we do. You have a, so what, when do they turn the illuminations? Maybe, maybe on? there's not any sort of big turning on okay, ceremony. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. Well, then if there isn't, hmm. we can ask <gasps> <tell their> council <laughs> if they want to create one. Oh, now you're talking. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, anyway, so uh, more details on that as it happens. In the meantime, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, it's patreon.com stroke adrift. Computer sounds are awesome. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port adrift. Since my son was about six months old, I've been taking him for baby swimming lessons. Oh, lovely. And he's now not quite two. He's, he's 22 months old. And um, it's getting to a stage where the level of skill involved is getting to be a bit taxing for me. What for a two-year-old? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? So there's like, for, for example, last week she wanted to do a thing where I swung him round onto my back and had him sort of hold around my shoulders, and then I would swim along, and then I sort of dive down into the water with oh, him on my back. That does sound very advanced. Okay, yeah, yeah and I okay. could just about do the breaststroke. Yeah, and even then, I've got a, an errant foot that makes very loud <laughs> splashes. Okay, I once went on a villa holiday with a bunch of people, one of whom was a coach for the Swedish Olympic swim team, and he told me he had something. I had something called. Screw 
screw foot. Screw foot. It's got a name. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He okay. said he could correct it, but it would take time. And then I guess you weren't that keen. I wasn't that keen. No. Anyway, so we we go go for these swimming lessons every Sunday. It's very sweet. You should do it. It's, it's really really lovely. Um, and the way we do it is one week, I will swim and my wife will watch, mm. and then the next week Sarah will swim and I will watch. And we've got a good system on the go because the one who watches also changes the baby uh, okay. in, in and out of his swimming clothes. Yeah, yeah. So it's very time efficient that mm-hmm. way. It's at a primary school in North London with, a, with its own swimming pool. So this week we were running ever so slightly late. So it's touch and go whether we we're going to be there um, at the start of the lesson. And the, the, it was the week where I was watching and Sarah was swimming. So it was my job to take Gene into the changing room and then um, get him into his swim clothes and, and then hand him over to her outside, at which point I would sit on a bench and watch. Mm-hmm. Now, as I went to change him, something terrible had happened. He'd made a bowel movement, um. which added an extra like, 90 seconds. Oh, I'm very, Quick. very proficient I'm in nappy changing no. onto the whole thing. So, mm. so by the time I'd done that, I could hear that the previous class was finishing. Yeah. So I'm getting in a flap here. I've I've got him in his swimming costume, but I'm also like holding my coat. All all his clothes are in. They've kind of got like they, they look a bit like stretchers, but with depth for you to change them in. Mm. We've got two of those in the changing room, so all his things are kind of strewn in there. So I'm like really anxious and panicky, and I, I get. Him him, I open the door, I beckon to Sarah to come and get him, and then I hand him over. As I'm handing him over, there's another dad from the previous lesson who wants to get into the changing room. Okay. Now, it's very obvious that what I'm doing will will take a maximum of five seconds, mm. but apparently that is an unreasonable amount of time for this man, oh and he's kind of like tutting and harumphing what? a bit. Really? Yeah. Mm. And then I'm thinking, am I just imagining this because I'm anxious, Because, mm. but, but I, I let it go. I don't get into an altercation. Okay. So I then go back in the changing room to move all Jean's stuff. And this dad comes in directly behind me. And it becomes very apparent by the way he's he's sort of standing and tutting that he wants to change his kid mm. in the exact same spot where Jean's clothes are all strewn around. Right. Now, there are plenty of other vacant spots, but let's not get into that right okay. now. I just feel mm. pressure to get all this stuff out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Which I do. And then as I'm carrying it over to the hook, he goes, excuse me, are these yours too? And I'd left some wet wipes on there. In that voice? Yes. No. Yeah. And I just thought, what an awful man. And and, and since since that occurred, like I've played the situation many times in my head with the various different things I'd say. But at the time, I was just like in a panic because this guy had been oh. so rude. So so I, I, I go out with my tail between my legs to watch Gene swimming. When I come back to dress him, one of his socks is missing. You don't think he stole the socks? Yes. No, you don't. Yes. Revenge stealing. Because yes. he was so angry with you. He thought, right, I'm going to steal one of your son's socks. Yes, exactly. No. There's no other explanation. Or is there? Is there? <laughs> um, I'm going to investigate this whole thing in this week's The Incident. <laughs> Full disclosure, I'm recording this bit the day after I recorded the part with Annabelle, and as you can hear, my voice has gone severely downhill. But for advice this week, I turn to genius comedian John Kearns. You know the walk in between the uh, changing room and the the the, uh, the swimming pool? 
yes. there's that bit I think where you walk through the like shower or you like you wet your feet. Yes, yes. It's been, it's been a while, since <laughs> but you know, you, you, I think I think that's when you get him. You kind of grab him by the lapels. So you you physical contact and, and well, you grab him by his, the string of his trucks. Right, yeah, because there are no lapels. And, and you just go, I know, I know you've got it. <laughs> you leave you leave it hanging. I know you've got it. Yeah, and then do I scrutinise his face? Well. What I, I mean, I personally, I think, I think you should start going. I think you should pretend it was your sock. <laughs> I think you need to start going to the. You go to the next swimming uh, uh, session mm. dressed in your ba- in your baby's clothes. <laughs> you dress your baby in your clothes, and you go, uh, uh, and because you've got a bad voice, you can go. I caught a cold walking home. Yes. Um, He'll, he'll then he'll then obviously say i didn't take your shoe and you'll go that's not the point mate yes. like really grab him and go that's not the point mate <laughs> <laughs> you know you're really you're in his face at this point yeah, like, you're yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. like it's actually quite uh erotic right you're just like yeah, that's not my point mate like no. really like really get in his face yeah we're two and guys you go, you in swimming trunks we're getting into it yeah, and then he'll be like, what do you mean? He'll get out the sock because he's got it on him at all times. <laughs> he's, he's got it under his, uh, he's got a wig. So he's because got it under he, the wig. He goes, he's worried you get bit. your foot in that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go, you go, yeah, I will, mate. And like your kids, and they're lying there like, they don't, they, they're loving it. And you just, you just, you, and you will get your foot, you know, it's, it's amazing what the, a human can do under pressure. <laughs> Like you know, an octopus that get into a jam jar. You just get you get your old body in that thing, and then you go, "You're right with this, mate." Like you call each other. Like it's really like you know, it's good stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he'll be like, he'll, he'll you know, this guy's this guy's embarrassed. You know, he's really, yeah. You know, you're you're there in your sock laughing with your baby. He's laughing. <laughs> he's he's, and then you know, and then the great thing is, his kid will grow up and be like. Uh, you know the first memory that question will come up and he'll go when my dad was trying to get this bloke to get in his sock <laughs> and you know he's like I don't know what's wrong with my dad he's so god your dad sounds so uncool and they were like yeah my dad's uncool it's just it's a disaster he's yeah, made such yeah. a bad move it this guy have, have you ever seen your own father vanquished uh yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember uh I don't know what was going on in his. I don't know what was going on in his. Um, he's a very kind, passive man. Mm-hmm. But I remember we were walking past. You know the shop Fat Face. I do. Yeah, it's like surfing in clothes. Richmond. Right. Yeah, I remember we just walking past there when I was like fourteen, and someone must have gone, "Oh, that's Fat Face," and he was walking past at exactly the same time. <laughs> and he was like, "You what, mate? What are you saying to me, mate?" I was, like, what the f-? I was like, "Why is this? Why is he kicking off?" And then he, he was so embarrassed, like. It sounds small, but like he is not—he's not like this at all. Right, right. And like when when we're driving, you know, we—that—that's the only time. Like when my dad, I think, I think, especially father and sons, they talk honestly and openly with each other when because there's no eye contact. Well, his hands are busy. Yeah, his feet are busy. (laughs) His eyes have to be on the road. His brain has to keep thinking, and then the last thing. The last thing that you know, is allowed to come out, like a little bird, 
is the emotional truth. So it it always dropped me like even if the tube station in London is like a minute away, he'll be like, Yeah, I'll give you a lift. Right, and it'll right, be like, right. Oh, all right, yeah. And you get in next to him and mm. you know, you've been around the house for six hours, mm. he said nothing, and then in this one minute he's like yeah, so this is happening with your brother and your mum's not well. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get by, won't we? And uh, if you want any money, just give me a bell. All right, mate, bye. Uh, it doesn't even park up just at the traffic lights. Yeah, get out now, mate. Yeah, watch it. Mate. And you're like, come on. Help me out here. Has, has he ever mentioned the fat face incident? No. No, never. It's, it, it's really weird how it's completely... Um, it's completely ingrained in my mind because it was just so uncharacteristic. And he... I don't know if he was... You know, he's he's had diabetes, but he's kicked it. He's mm. got he's got the sugar free digestives going. He's right, uh, right, right. he's uh, he, he's doing. He's very proud of himself. But I don't know if there was a time. You know, I've I've got his. I can say this because I I have inherited his his barrel frame and um, <laughs> bad eyesight. So you know, I'm talking I'm talking about. It will happen in 50 years' time. I'll walk past the, uh, I'll walk past Fat Face, and I'll I'll kick off at someone, and then uh, I'll probably just look up at the sky and laugh and <laughs> realize that life is circular and you can't escape where you come from. And I'll have an absolute epiphany of of kind of truth. So I shouldn't worry about vanquishing this guy in front of his kid. You grab him by the strings. And then, and then, and then, and then, you know, as you're leaving, he's going to be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, when I was a kid, the best thing about swimming was like da- a dairy milk afterwards. Mm. You just, you just go over to the, uh, you go over to the vending machine. You put in, you get him like a picnic. You know, it's not a bar that he wants, mm-hmm. but it's still a, it's still a nice gesture. Mm-hmm. You chuck it at him a bit too hard, so mm-hmm. he, you know, he, he kind of has to catch it like, right up in his body. <laughs> <laughs> like you know you've startled him a little bit <laughs> With a yeah. and you know you give him a wink and um and then you walk you walk back to your you, you walk back to your car and he walked back to the and then there's gonna because there's always you know with men especially there's pride it's the silver mm. black uh, silver back uh, <laughs> i said silver black there i'm not sure what i meant um, the silver back attitude you know <laughs> After we finished recording last week's podcast, we went downstairs and my wife was entertaining a friend. Yes. We were introduced. I'd never met her before. We were introduced. Her name was Abagalaya. Yeah. And, and straight away I said, five syllables. 
When when do you ever when do you ever meet someone with a five syllable name five syllable first name That's amazing. Mm. I thought that was some real grade A small talk. She was not interested. No, was she? I thought that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how good does your small talk have to be? <laughs> I know. She was like, mm. like she didn't want to engage in with no, that topic or, conversation, or just with me in general. No, no. I, I witnessed this, and yeah. that did happen. Good, because yeah. I, I said to Sarah. I said, I don't think she likes me and I don't think she appreciated me pointing out that a five-syllable first name is a, is a rare and precious thing. I was going to text you afterwards and say the same thing because I thought the same thing too. It was great. It was a great observation, I wasn't thought, it? I thought, because you counted syllables really quickly yes, as well. So I, know, I, thought I, know, was, I, was, I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. I wanted some acknowledgement yes, for how quickly yeah. I counted those and you syllables. Didn't, you didn't get anything like that. No, no. I know. So you don't think there's anything offensive in the way I was behaving? No, because, and also I don't think it's something like every time she says a name, people always go straight away, oh, five syllables, because you counted it so quickly. Yeah. So it's not like she was like, oh, I always get that. No. No, I don't, and I, I don't I've, know. I've been, like, subsequently, I've really been working hard to try and think of another five-syllable first name, and I can't think of one. So it is a really special name, but she just wasn't interested in it. Yeah. Mm. Maybe she was annoyed because she'd never thought of it herself. Yeah, if I, if that was my name, I'd say, "Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Abigailia. Five syllables. Count them, Abigailia. <laughs> Count them." <laughs> oh. Um, oh, another thing that happened to me. My wife and I were on the. We went to see Sarah Pascoe's show the other night, which oh, was brilliant. I think it? it's over now, so you can't go and okay. see it. But it was it was so so good. And um, so we're on the London Underground, and. We have these, you will have seen us with them. In fact, there's one in front of me now, these reusable drinking bottles. Oh, yeah. And this is one of those examples of you have a little joke in a relationship, you know, you have your own little words and things. And mm. This is a bit embarrassing. But one time Sarah was making fun of me before she owned one of these and just I had one. She was making fun of me because she said I'm like a baby with a bottle. <laughs> and then she started calling it Bot Bot. Okay. Yeah. So as as a consequence of that, yeah. like we just call it bot bot now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're on public transport the other day and I was thirsty and I know she's got one of these things in a rucksack. It's a busy tube. And without thinking about it, I say to her, can I have bot bot? <laughs> That's so embarrassing. <laughs> but at the time, it didn't even strike me as embarrassing, oh, and she just got it out of her, oh, got it out of her bag, oh, and she gave it to me. It. So, oh. can you think what people around us must have been thinking about our relationship? Oh, that you go home and put a nappy on. <laughs> yeah. That's what they're all thinking. Oh. Excuse me, do you have any wood? Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, adrift. Ooh, I'm in the stream. Because Annabelle's occupied with baby Rudy at the moment, you you doing the assignments isn't something you're able to devote time to. Yeah. So for the time being, until you're ready to throw yourself back into that with gusto, we need something to fill this part of the podcast. And I thought we could provide a service for people. Mm -hmm. So in a way, the thing that links us all, us hosting this podcast, you listening to it, is is that we're all sort of trying to figure out how to behave in in a way that makes it look like we know what we're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. And what would be very useful to to anybody is knowing what the rules are. Then you could just follow them. Yes. So how's about this? We do a thing every week where you you can email us about a situation, any given situation, and we we will tell you what the rules are. Great. Yeah. And and if we don't know, we can throw it open to the listeners. Mm-hmm. 
So you you had an example. Yes. So when um, a neighbour's package gets delivered to you because they're out, is it up to them to come and pick it up or is it up to you to go and take it round? I never know. And I end up sitting with the parcel in my hallway for days thinking, are they supposed to come and get it or am I supposed to take it? I don't know. There's probably an equation going on there because I think they are supposed to come and take it. You think so? Yeah, I think that's that's definitely it. Yeah. But you can end up really resenting them if it sits in your hall for too long. And also I wonder as well, because my neighbours know that I've got a small baby, whether they're nervous about knocking on the door at certain times and waking him up because it makes the dog bark they know I've got a barky dog as well mm. so I wonder whether they think oh could she just bring it round because I don't want to go and disturb them I, th- I think it's up to them to, so so you've taken parcels round before now, now. I, I've started taking them round now so I think they should say oh thank you so much um I, I would have come round and knocked on, but I, I didn't know if the baby was sleeping. I didn't know if the dog had started making. Mm. So I think that needs to be made explicit by the neighbours. Okay. At the moment, I'm thinking they're not great people. <laughs> they're just expecting you, this new mother, to to go round there and no, they're not to, no. to act as like a, a second postal service for them. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering if that's what they're thinking because it it does seem to take that quite needs, a few days. That, no, the, okay. the, the rule is if that's what they're thinking, they need to say it out loud. And and, and then what you're is, thinking the best of people? What's what's the time frame? Like how soon do they have to come pick it up? Same day, next day? I think you've got weekend. Uh, so on a weekend, mm. you know, it's it's same day. Okay, unless you're you know you're out of town, then it's a different different thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think if it's delivered on a weekday, maybe you've got until the next day. Okay. And you know, you throw it in the incinerator after that. <laughs> the incinerator. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm just glad there are rules that I can follow. So yeah. I'm happy with that. So I've got one which I don't know the rule. Okay. So we went to see Paddington 2 the other day. Oh, and what's it like? It's it's just wonderful. Brilliant. It, you know, uh, it's such a great, funny, feel-good film. The performances are brilliant in it. It's so sweet. I, I just loved it. Um, anyway, the, the reason I mention this is I've said before that I'm quite uh, the, the the one area in my life where I'm assertive is shushing people in the cinema. Very, yeah. So we were watching Paddington 2 the other day and it wasn't a kid's screening. Mm. Just to make that clear, it's just um, my wife, wife and I went watching, was at nursery. <laughs> and there was somebody in the cinema sort of making quite loud noises mm. and I was about to shush mm. but I wasn't 100% sure if they didn't have mental difficulties Oh well, then, and then that'd be terrible if you shush them. Yeah. So, yeah. so how do you, how do you deal with that situation? Oh, that's so impossible to answer. Mm. I mean, you need to ascertain. You either need to, if you're not sure, I suppose the rule is then you just have to suffer in silence. But then, then I could be, you know, in my silence because all it takes for evil to prosper is for a good man to do nothing I I could be rewarding like terrible terrible (laughs) behavior okay then you need to ascertain why the noises are being made so you think I should go do you have mental difficulties (laughs) no yes I'm really sorry Uh, I'm very sympathetic to that kind of thing it's it's great that you're experiencing life you know and not being hampered by that good on you continue making noise that that would be one way of dealing with it <laughs> one way i was thinking more something i'd like crawling along i don't know the aisle or something and trying to work it out close up difficult it's very difficult anyway i mean the, these are the sort of quandaries and conundrums we're looking for mm. so if you would like to know what the rule of behavior is in any given situation then email us hello at adriftpodcast.com um, tell us what the situation is and we will attempt to answer that and if we get stuck we can ask your fellow drifters 
what they think. Yeah. So um so please let's let's hopefully we'll get a couple of those in over the next few days and we can do the the first one next week. So email hello at adriftpodcast.com. I have almost completely lost my voice, so I'm using a Jeff simulator. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music, and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. Advice on the incident this week came from John Kearns. He's touring the UK in February, he's so brilliant, I've loved everything I've ever seen him do. You really should try and get a ticket, he's a genius and his comedy has a lot of beauty to it. Thanks to Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox for providing our items. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided technical support. Carla Golit took our photos and Kim Rainey designed our artwork. Please support us on Patreon even if it's just one American dollar per month. Go to patreon.com stroke adrift and please share your story hello at adriftpodcast.com. Finally thanks to this clever website Liver for providing RoboJeff as my understudy. Adrift. All right, Pardication time, and this comes from ah oh, Shauna S Winterbottom, who says, "Hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. Hello. I hope you both and your growing families are doing well. I'm only one episode off from being completely on track with the podcast." So I'm feeling pretty good about myself. My podcast library is fairly large, and yours is the only one that I'm anywhere near being caught up on. So congratulations to all of us, really. That's lovely. It's really Thank lovely. You. That's almost the ultimate compliment. Yeah. Um, where are we up to? Uh, I wasn't going to write in until I had a really good reason to, but since you're begging for contributions, I figured I would go ahead and request a publication for myself this month, January. I had a few publications on the old show. Uh, but they were only ever to and from me because, like most of the other drifters, I am alone in my GLAP fandom. Mm. That's okay, though. It just means we're a special little club. Not likely to help uh, towards paying off that in-home studio, unfortunately. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'd like to contribute to your Patreon so I can get my title, but alas, I'm simply too lazy. I'm also broke, but that doesn't seem like a good excuse either since I can manage to go out and eat all the time. Mm. Mm. I think broke is a good excuse, lazy less so. Less so. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, there's no obligation no, to none. contribute none. to Patreon, even though it it could be the difference between us living on the streets or, or not. It could be, yeah. But no obligation. We'll still do it when we're living on the streets, don't yeah, worry. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep going. Um my publication will be to celebrate finishing my internship today, the 17th of January, and marching quickly towards the completion of graduate school this August. You better believe I'll be asking for another publication at that time, so go ahead and save me a spot. I've been working really hard at getting my master's degree in school counselling. Excuse me. Oh, <laughs> so dear. sorry. It's a mild cold, isn't it? Mm. And I'm really looking forward to this new career. 
School counselling's not as big a thing over here as it is in the States, is it? Do they even have them here? I don't think they do. No. I'd be good at that. Yeah. Because I'm like this cool guy to whom <laughs> the teenagers can relate. Yeah. You know, yeah. I could put my Ray-Bans on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You should do it. Yeah. Um, where am I up to here? I'm 40, excuse me. I'm dying here. Of this world. <laughs> I'm 40, uh, 41. I'm one of the handful of older students, which made me feel weird at first. But now I can appreciate the wisdom that time and age have brought me. Not that my classmates, who were barely toddlers when I was getting my undergraduate degree, don't have their own words of wisdom. It's just that, let's face it, it's not as good as mine. <laughs> um, I'm plodding through four classes this semester, and then I've got a couple to do in the summer, but my mind is pretty much already out the door. I'd appreciate having a publication to help motivate me through my last push, so any words of encouragement you have would be great. Do you want to start with the words of encouragement? Uh, you can do it. Just head down, focus. I mean, these are all very <laughs> stereotypical words of encouragement, aren't they? Listen to this. Eyes on the prize. Oh, fortune favours the brave. Yeah. Is it the brave or the bold? Oh, oh it's maybe it's the brave. No, it's the bold, bold. isn't it? I, any reason I know that is from deal or no deal. <laughs> People say that sometimes on there. Oh, dear. Like, no, no, like it's not just completely I know, arbitrary. I know. All right. Um... Shauna, congratulations. That's very exciting. Yeah. New career and all that. Yeah. I've considered my options and there really aren't any. <laughs> Come on. We've already ascertained that put your Ray-Bans on. You'd be a good school counsellor. <laughs> this comes from Paul from Belfast who says, Greetings, Annabelle and Jeff. Greetings. Greetings. Would it be possible to get a publication for my niece, Kiva? Um, I read ahead because you taught me how to pronounce it because it's... Uh, Guessing it's an Irish name. I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, C-A-O-I-M-H-E. That's really made to throw people, isn't it? That's made to weed out spies. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why they invented that name. Um, Kiva. Um, for, but it also reminds me... <laughs> remember in Flight of the Concords, there's one episode where Jermaine, to his shame, starts dating an Australian girl. No. And her name is Keitha. Keith like with an A No, on the amazing. So it's, it's, I think Kiva is a slightly nicer name it's, than Keith. It's a lovely name. Keitha. Yeah. Um, for on or around the 26th of January, for what will be her 10th birthday. She originally got a publication from yourselves on the radio show when she was born, Aww. when you discussed about embarrassing her when she turns 18, um, along with the future possibility of beaming programmes straight into people's heads. That's only eight years in the future. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think we're halfway there. So we've gone from think? radio to this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nearly there. <laughs> I mean, if the listenership dwindles, <laughs> we find a way of just beaming it into Kiva's head. Yeah, I'm sure we could do that. Unfortunately, due to workloads, meeting a girl, getting engaged to the girl, marrying the girl, getting a mortgage, getting a dog, having a son and having another son, I haven't been able to keep up with the radio show. But now with the podcast, it feels like meeting up with old friends you haven't seen in a while, but picking up exactly where you left off. That's that's a lovely thing. It's really lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I can make it in time for the publication. Otherwise, I would have written a letter and included some swanky chocolate, which worked in the past. I've been in touch into. Uh, sorry, I'll be in touch in 2016. What if it means 2018? Mm. Unless he's going to time travel. Whoa. And uh, <laughs> imagine if we like 2016 us gets a letter telling us what we'll be doing in 2018. Oh, this is making my head hurt. Yeah. Okay. Um, and with any luck 
you will have something up and running in eight years' time, perhaps beaming messages straight into your heads. Who knows what the future will bring? I think we're there. I think we're making good progress. Mm -hmm. Progress. Progress. You can say however you want. I I keep saying I've forgotten how to speak since I've been married to an American. There are certain words, like I keep saying adult as adult. Oh. Yeah, terrible, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say progress, but... Yeah, and it should be progress. It should be. <laughs> this stuff needs... I think any time I do one of these, you you need to come down on me like a ton of bricks. Shall I clap loudly? Yeah, or okay. boo. Boo. Okay, yeah. I'm going to boo you. Okay. Um, lots of love. Paul from Belfast. Well, Kiva, very exciting. Ten years old, into yeah. the double digits. Yeah, double figures. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hope you have a wonderful birthday. And we'll be here on your 18th to beam some stuff straight into your head. <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, uh, that's the latest edition... <laughs> Excuse me, oh, the podcast. No, um, Podicated to Kiva from um, Uncle Paul from Belfast and to our friend Shauna S. Winterbottom. And if you'd like a podication, then email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.